Well, you may be seated this morning. I am Pastor Linda Schreck. I'm the Family Life Pastor here. And our second service today is a kid-friendly service. It's going to be our family service. So I'm trusting that you don't hate kids and that you're just leaving room for the families to sit in the sanctuary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There'll be an altar call later for some of you. But uh, I'm excited to be in the big church today, and uh, the Lord has something for us very particular today. Uh, this service will be a little different than the next service. Uh, the scripture will be the same, but how I apply it and maybe some of our points will be different. But today I have two words for you. Wake up! I turned around and saw some of you yawning. And I would love to call you out on it. Trisha Johnson was awake because she's saying do it. But uh, if we were in children's church, I would call you out on it. But I have two words for you today. Wake up. We're going to be continuing in the book of Acts. We'll be in Paul's third missionary journey today. And uh, before we get started, uh, Pastor Dylan, uh, can I ask for two chairs up here? Maybe Pastor Keith could help too. Two chairs. I didn't ask ahead of time. Uh, one here and one right behind it would be great. Thank you. And Pastor Dylan, could you get me a microphone too while you're going down that way? That's great. And since you're up here, Pastor Dylan, why don't you keep that microphone for a moment? <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, I talked in chapel, uh, I talked in staff meeting how we were going to talk about Acts chapter 20 and how a young guy falls asleep in church. And Pastor Dylan went to Bible college, and he was up all night praying and speaking in tongues every night. And he was burning the midnight oil and praying. And then you had to get up early and go to class. But there was a requirement in Bible college. You have to go to chapel. And it doesn't matter how tired you are. You have to show up in chapel. And Pastor Dylan shared with us what he observed. He never did these things. <laughs> Pastor Greg is watching online. This is your tuition dollars at work for this illustration. And I do want to greet those of you, I apologize, greet those of you that are watching online today as well. So Pastor Dylan shared how he observed other students, not as spiritual, as holy as him, that would fall asleep in chapel or in church. And so Pastor Dylan, have a seat, and why don't you show us and tell us some of the things you observed in chapel. Yeah, so I wasn't told about this at all, but... Of course not, Pastor Good morning, Dylan. church. I'm speaking today. <laughs> well, um, it was true that we were bidding, burning the midnight oil in prayer meetings and fasting, so we didn't have a lot of energy. So um, some students, when they were in chapel and maybe it wasn't the best speaker or maybe the worship team wasn't feeling it that day, you know, you had to, you know... Figure Still out. look awake. Yeah, you had to look awake or they would have called you on it. So there's <laughs> like, there's some is like... You know, you look like you're, you're really in prayer, like, oh. or 
or this one. Uh, Kathleen, actually, I don't know if she's in here, but she taught me this one. Oh! Uh, you get on your knees, like here, and you're like... <laughs> That's really spiritual, really spiritual. That's another one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or if you've got a chair in front of you, you can, you know, lean over. <laughs> Maybe even if you're, like, really skilled, you put your hands out. <laughs> That too. So that's a few of the, now, the different Pastor ways. Dylan, if someone showed up in church or chapel with a Ooh. neck pillow, Ooh. <laughs> that would be a sign that they were not going to stay awake in church, wouldn't it be? No, I wouldn't. It's okay for the airplane. Yeah. Not good for church, right? So uh, we have a, a checkpoint. We're not checking vaccination cards this morning, but we are checking neck pillows. So if you have one, it's been confiscated. So Pastor Dylan, thank you so much. You've been a, a great, you can take the neck pillow with you. And you can take these chairs too, Pastor Keith. I don't need the chairs, thank you. So today we're going to talk about stay awake. We'll be in Acts chapter 20. Now, uh, I know what some of you are thinking when you see that uh, Acts, uh, that stay awake graphic. You can go back to that graphic. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Linda, you have really upped your game with your PowerPoint title slides. Uh, no. Uh, Irene Rovtar, who's taking pictures over there, she did the, uh, the graphic for me. And so I did up my game. I asked Irene to do the title, to title slide today. So uh, wake up. And so Acts chapter 20. Last week in the sanctuary, you were in Acts chapter 16. We're skipping all the way to Acts 20. So we'll see if we go back to it. But today we're in Acts 20, starting in verse 7. Let's read it while we're awake. On the first day of the week, we came together. This is Luke speaking, who was traveling uh, with Paul. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. So it's Sunday, the first day of the week. Paul spoke to the people. And because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. I'll be reenacting Paul today. <laughs> You're welcome. Pastor Dylan gave you some tips. He kept on talking till midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting in the upper room. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, Eutychus fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. That ever happened in chapel? No, okay. Gonna happen today. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. You've got to be kidding me. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, that's my kind of preacher, just keep going. He left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. That's an understatement. They were greatly comforted. He was dead, but now alive. Eutychus, if only someone had said to him, wake up, he would have avoided a huge downfall. Humpty Dumpty 
had nothing on Eutychus. So today we're going to look at the spiritual drowsiness symptoms, warning signs, red flags that you are beginning to get a little drowsy when it comes to your walk with the Lord and the things of God. Where you were once on fire for God, now you just kind of coast. And there's some embers, but you're not on fire like you used to be. You've let your relationship slide a little. And that slippery slope slide leads to a downfall and a falling away. So spiritual drowsiness symptoms. The first one is isolating yourself from other believers. On the first day of the week, we came together. They're having church in an upper room. We came together to break bread. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus. The believers had all come to church. They had gathered to have fellowship one with another, to break bread, which included eating a meal and having communion. And they had a guest speaker, Paul. Paul was in town only for a week, it says in the prior verse. And here he is getting to the end of that week. It's the first day of the week, but he's been there all week. And he's leaving tomorrow. So the believers are gathered. The verse says they came together in a room, smaller than this, but in a room. And they came together, but not so much Eutychus. He was there, but he chose to sit on the windowsill, slightly removed from the other believers in the room. He probably just wanted some space from some of the believers. So uh, I have Caleb Pendolfo in the room. Where's Caleb? Come on up, Caleb. Now notice, he was in the room with the believers. But he's... You're going to be perfect for this, Caleb. He was in the room with the believers, but he starts to isolate himself a little bit by coming out of the group and sitting on the windowsill. You can go ahead over, Caleb. Now... In the passage, it says that eventually he falls from the third story. And I had a great idea, Caleb. <laughs> and you are thankful that my husband is much more rational than I am. Because, Caleb, I would have had you sit somewhere where it was about three stories in that time, and that would have been the translation there. Around you can see there's a window up to the right of the sound booth. That opens. And I would have had you there with like a crash mat or something. But John Shrek said, not happening. He's, he's the voice of reason in the marriage. So he built this for me instead. But the first 
symptom that you are getting spiritually drowsy is that you start to isolate from other believers. You start to distance yourself from other believers that you had friendship with, that you worshiped in community with. And you start to having a falling out with other believers. You're no longer engaged with a group of believers like you once were. You're starting to get spiritually drowsy. You're starting to drift away from friends that are still on fire for God and that still go to connect groups. And you say, I'm good. When someone calls, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine just taking a little break. No, I'm busy. Oh, work is so hard. Sunday's the only day I can sleep in. You're getting spiritually drowsy. Elijah had that. He had had a great battle in 1 Kings 19. After that great battle, that victory, he saw God move on his behalf like you have seen. And what does he do? He goes and he isolates himself. It says he even leaves his servant, the one closest to, closest to him behind, and he goes out into the wilderness and bemoans his situation. He sits on the windowsill of the wilderness. The first symptom is you're starting to pull away from believers. That is a warning sign that you are getting sleepy when it comes to God. Well, the second system, symptom we're going to talk about is you are not all in like you used to be. You have a case of the used-to-be's. You are one foot in and one foot out. And you are getting sleepier when it comes to God. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't put a cushion there. You have one foot in. At least I showed up. I came to church. What more do you want from me? One foot in and one foot out. You have the case of the used to's. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or anything else that the world has to offer. When you have one foot in and one foot out, your foot kind of starts to go to sleep. And you don't go to church like you used to. When you have one foot in and one foot out with God, your hand starts to get tingly and sleepy. And you don't serve like you used to. You don't help. You don't cook that meal like you used to. You don't serve in youth or nursery 
like you used to. Your hand is getting sleepy. When you have one foot in and one foot out, your eyes start to get sleepy. You don't see Jesus moving on your behalf like you used to. You don't read your Bible every day. I had to skip today. I had to FaceTime my grandchildren. I didn't have time for the Bible. When you have one foot in and one foot out, your ears start to have selective hearing when God is trying to speak to you. And you don't hear God like you used to. And you don't want to hear God like you used to. You are getting spiritually drowsy. You're bored. When is this going to end? <sighs> spiritually drowsy. You're disengaged. You're distracted. You're going through the motions, but you are disconnected because you have one foot in and one foot out. In the second service, I'm going to show a video clip of a cannonball where the guy goes into the pool. Maybe I could have Dylan stand here and do that for us. No pool, sorry. Too bad. You can't have one leg on the pool, on the edge of the pool, and one leg in the pool to do a cannonball. You have to be what? All in. You have to be all in when you do a cannonball. And with God, you have to be all in. You can't sometimes be serving God and sometimes not. And you can pick what the not is. We all know what the not is in our own life. Spiritual drowsiness. The Lord would say to us, wake up before you have that fall. We've become lethargic to the things of God. There isn't that sense of awe, of wonder, of anticipation. I get to go to church today. I get to have my own copy of the Bible and read it. What those underground Christians in Afghanistan would do to go to church today. But we get sleepy. <sighs> okay, okay, I'll go. That's a red flag. The third symptom that you are getting spiritually drowsy, that you are starting to tune out God, is that you're allowing outside influences to infiltrate your spirit. You're starting to listen to things, to watch things, to think things, that when you were on fire for God, you would said, my chains are gone, I'm done with that. But it's starting to creep back in. It says in there, there were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. That's verse 8. They used oil lamps back then, and they were in an upper room, not huge, with, it says, many lamps. 
It's like having sterno on steroids in that room. That smell, the heat. He's blocking the air from coming into the room. And so they think that that Luke references that there were many lamps in the room because it started to affect him. And he started to get sleepy and drowsy. And so maybe he tried to stay awake. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt, Eutychus. Maybe he tried to stay awake, so he slapped his face. Ooh. Use the other cheek later. I don't have to fill out an incident report. Maybe he shifted position a little bit. Maybe he tried to poke his eyes open. Maybe he tried to stretch without anybody noticing. I've seen that before. You don't want to go like this because we're not worshiping. You can go like this when you're worshiping. He's starting to nod off more and more and more. And his head is getting heavier and heavier. And he jerks his head up. Because things that are good are starting to take over his life and control him. It was good that they had lamps in that room. I mean, it's going to be midnight. They need light. So the thing itself was not a bad thing. But it was too much of it. And it was infiltrating his spirit. It was too much of a good thing. In the second service, I'll suggest maybe TV. Maybe I'll suggest video games. They're okay till they take over your life and start to make you drowsy and sleepy to the things of God. You can figure out making money is a good thing. We need money. And then you tithe on that money. You heard that already. But we need money. But when working... becomes the thing that's infiltrating your spirit and your life and taking control of your life, it starts to make you sleepy and drowsy and disconnected to the things of God and to God himself. One last uh, symptom of spiritual drowsiness I want to share with you today, and there are more, it's not an inclusive or all all-inclusive list. You are increasingly impatient with God's timetable. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. Eutychus was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. We get tired of waiting on God to just get on with it. 
Just heal me already. Just save my husband already. I'm not getting any younger. Let's go, God. I know a day is like a thousand, it says to you in Scripture, but let's shake a leg, God. Let's move on it. I've been praying like crazy. What's taking so long? We get tired of waiting. Things are taking too long. And it says it's midnight. And he's starting to sleep, go into a deep sleep. And he's thinking, doesn't this guy know what time it is? We haven't even eaten yet. You notice they eat later in the morning when he's done speaking. They haven't eaten yet. He's hungry. He's looking at his Apple Watch. Not invented yet. He's looking at the sundial. No sun, it's almost midnight. His stomach is telling him what time it is. And he's like, come on, get with the program, let's go already. We get impatient with God's timetable. How long does God expect me to stay in this situation? He's trapped now. He didn't sit by the back door. He sat by the windowsill. If he gets up and leaves, everybody's going to know. He's stuck in the situation he found himself in and put himself, put himself in. It's midnight, and it's still going on. Last week, Pastor Greg spoke on Acts 16, Paul and Silas in prison. What time was it last night, last week? Midnight. And what were they doing at midnight? They were praying and worshiping, and God showed up. But Eutychus, it's midnight, and he's pretty much checked out. He is no longer engaged with God and with the believers. He said, enough is enough with this thing. Come on. The disciples fall asleep in the garden, praying too long. So Eutychus is in a deep, deep sleep, probably drooling. Ooh, I see him like moving his mouth to try to make it happen. It's okay. We can all picture it. And then, over time and before you know it, the downfall happens. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from this... When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story, would have been great up there, (laughs) and was picked up 
dead. Eutychus falls away. When you have spiritually drowsiness symptoms, you're not going to get awake unless you're intentional about waking up. You are going to fall away. You are going to have a downfall that in the natural you cannot recover from. All of us know people that were on fire for God. They loved God. They were all in. They were a deacon. They were in the helps ministry. They were an usher. They worked in children's ministry. They made meals. They were all in. And then there was that slow, slippery slide of drowsiness. And they splat, fell away from the Lord and from the believers. Eutychus is dead, down for the count, literally. Luke is a doctor, and if Luke says he was dead, he was dead. So, what hope is there then? Well, I'm glad you've asked. God's grace reaches no matter how far our rock bottom is. No matter how far we have fallen from relationship with God, from the grace of God, from the family of God, he can reach down and rescue. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. That's Isaiah 59.1. So Paul goes down, it says, he went down, I think we have that scripture, Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said, he's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and was greatly comforted. Paul went down to where Eutychus was. Jesus came down from where he was. And he put his nail-scarred hands around you who were dead in sin or have fallen away. You were alive at one point to God and now dead. Jesus, Paul is Jesus' representative. He goes down and he puts his arms around him. And what was dead is alive because of Jesus. And so, how you feeling over here? You're dead. God came down. Not three stories like Paul came down, but all the way from heaven. He reached down and he puts his arm around who is dead and makes him alive again. (laughs) 
The Spirit of God breathes new life into us. The Spirit of God resuscitates us. The Spirit of God recreates. That fall had a cost. You can't tell me his bones weren't broken or his head didn't get smashed. But when our God shows up on the scene, he recreates. He revives. He rebuilds. And then we get to go on our way and be greatly comforted. Thank you, Caleb. You did it. The prodigal son leaves the father, isolates himself from believers, from his family. He isolates himself. And then he makes some poor choices. He's no longer all in. The prodigal son lets outside influences infiltrate him. We know that story. And then he gets increasingly impatient with God. What's happening, God, to my life? And he decides to come back home. And the father does what? He runs down the lane, it says, and throws his arms around his son, who was dead, but is now alive again. And so, brothers and sisters, it's time to wake up. And I'm going to challenge you to stop spiritually sleepwalking. You look like you're engaged. Dylan had it. Look like he was praying. Look like he was reading his Bible. But God doesn't look at the outward. He looks at the heart. It's time to stop spiritually sleepwalking. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Eutychus means fortunate. That's what that name means, fortunate. And fortunately, you are here this morning for this message. Because I'm going to challenge you to start to recognize where you are getting spiritually drowsy. And today, you're going to wake up and become more alive to God than you were when you walked in. And so if I've said those symptoms to you today, and that feels a little familiar, you recognize, it's like when you Google, you know, you know, abdomen pain, and you see all these, oh, I got that, I got that, I, got that, I must have that. We've done some of those symptoms today, and you've got, oh, that feels a little familiar. Oh, that hit home a little bit. Maybe I should work on that area. In just a moment, if you want to be more spiritually awake than you are now, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you say, you know what, I'm a little bit sleepy, and I am already standing, and I would be standing if I wasn't. And you're gonna say, well, what will someone think if I stand up to respond to I've been getting spiritually sleepy and drowsy? They're gonna think, praise the Lord, they're gonna get alive to God again. And so I'm going to count to three. Not to punish you like a child, maybe.
but to say on the count of three, if you want to be more awake to God, if you say, Lord, I have some of those symptoms and I need to get back on course with you, I'm going to ask you to stand. One, two, three. You don't have to stand and we'll think you're doing great. We're going to sing this song chorus and then we're going to pray. And we're going to go out of here awake to the things of God. We will not be Eutychus. Let's sing it. Maybe it is the name of Jesus Christ our King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a beautiful name it is. The name. Oh, we sing that again. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. fresh and anew we want more of you Holy Spirit Father wake us up the time is near we turn on the news we know you are coming we know that the trumpet must be to the angels lips and you are on your way for that second coming wake us up God we don't want to walk around and just do church or just be saved and no more. But Lord, we want to be alive and awake and effective for our families, for the lost, for our neighbor. So God, I pray that you will fill each one today with your precious Holy Spirit, that you'll revive us, that you'll re-energize us, that you'll recreate, that you'll rebuild, that you'll restore. Lord, we don't want to fall away. Thank you that your arm is not short. And Lord, today we pray for the prodigals in our families that knew you and have fallen away, that knew you and have stepped away from the things of God. Father, wake them up in Jesus' name. Wake them 
up to the things of God. We will not get impatient with your timetable. We will keep praying for them. And we will see our household saved in Jesus' name. And we will lead well, filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray a blessing today on those that are here. I pray, Lord, that they will walk face forward to God. And that they will never turn back. And that they will never fall away. And Lord, I, I pray for the children in the next service that will hear this message done a little differently. I pray they will never fall asleep but that every child that we have contact with will stay wide awake for Jesus. Lord, we love you. We bless your name. And it's in your powerful name we pray. Amen and amen.